And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good morning. Everyone had a uh, great holiday weekend. Uh, happy Easter, happy Passover. Uh, today is uh, April 18th, Monday. It's also tax day because uh, April 15th uh, this year fell on Good Friday. So last day to do IRA contributions uh, for uh, for regular IRAs, Roth IRAs. Um, so uh, any last minute uh, planning, today is the day. Um, we are halfway uh, through the month. We are seeing uh, lots of uh, first quarter earnings uh, starting to uh, filter out. Last week was the beginning. This week is the heaviest week of uh, first quarter earnings. Uh, so investors will have a lot to evaluate this week. And uh, in the face of that, we are seeing uh, rising interest rates, uh, three-year high on rates. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that, turn it over to uh, to Brad, uh, who's going to give us uh, his insights into uh, the bond markets. Uh, this week, Barron's uh, had a number of, uh, number of articles uh, on the bond market, one uh, in particular about the muni market. And uh, it's interesting to see a lot more attention focused on the bond market as bonds uh, increasingly become a meaningful substitute uh, for equities as uh, as yields uh, move to levels that uh, we haven't seen in uh, in in three years now. As uh, we have a Federal Reserve that uh, has uh, communicated to the markets that uh, they are determined to bring inflation down, and the markets are starting to take that talk a lot more seriously. Going to start this morning. Um, with a uh, with a discussion uh, from Inc. Magazine, um, and this is uh, I thought a, a a good conversation to have on how we uh, can affect the change that uh, that we would like to affect in situations where we have the control or the ability to affect change and to strategically pick our battles. And what that means is uh, when you're in a situation uh, at work, whether you're a manager um, or you are a customer service representative um, or whether you're at home dealing with a girlfriend, spouse, child, uh, there are certain dynamics and situations where you can choose to challenge the other person um, when you're not getting a uh, result that you would like. Or what you can do is you may be empowered to, instead of uh, asking someone else to change their behavior, for you to modify your behavior. Um, so when there are situations where you can modify your behavior when you're not getting the result from someone else um, that you'd like, that will therefore empower you. Um, so Inc. Magazine said that this is a trait that emotionally intelligent people use, and they call it the milk carton rule to solve problems and avoid frustration. Um, so fairly simple uh, scenario. going to tell a little bit of a story uh, give you some background uh, to uh, to be able to think about um, how you can uh, employ the milk carton rule in your life. And the milk carton rule simply stated is a scenario. Um, let's say it's a scenario where you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend um, that gets up earlier than you every morning and uh, heads to work before you do. And what they do is they make themselves a, a cup of coffee and they utilize uh, the milk from the fridge in order to make that cup of coffee, and they leave it out on the counter um, every uh, every day or most days. Uh, and you get up in the morning, and you want to make yourself a cup of coffee, and you love a cold uh, cup of milk to put into your uh, coffee. But that boyfriend or girlfriend left that milk out, and you've actually asked them on numerous occasions 
to please put the milk back into the fridge. And for whatever reason, that person is not modifying their behavior and you are extremely frustrated. And you, in your mind, are saying to yourself, uh, this is uh, ridiculous. I keep making this simple request. And every day you are constantly disappointed um, by the fact that that milk is left out on the counter and you're not able to get that uh, cold milk into your hot steaming coffee. Uh, so perhaps the solution is a lot simpler than you think. Um, instead of uh, continuously requesting that uh, the boyfriend or girlfriend leave that uh, milk uh, not on the counter but put it back into the fridge, what you can do is when you go shopping over the weekend, um, instead of buying one carton of milk, you can purchase two cartons of milk. And therefore, when uh, that boyfriend or girlfriend leaves that milk out uh, in the morning, you can simply take that milk that was left out on the counter, put it into the fridge, and take out that nice cold milk. Problem solved. You have the power to solve that problem. You have the ability to change your thinking to arrive at a solution that satisfies your needs. Now, of course, all situations are not as easily solvable, but a lot of them are a lot more solvable than we think when we think differently and don't expect someone else to change their behavior when we can simply modify our behavior. So we can expend our energy on the situations where it's not as simple uh, for us to come up with a solution. But again, simple is a relative word. A lot of times the solution may be simple. We just may not see it. Um, but to expend the energy and save the energy for those situations uh, where after long thought we don't see an alternative solution, that perhaps is a situation that we can expend that energy and uh, and, and focus talking to whomever the person is that uh, is creating uh, a situation that you would like to turn out differently. You can focus your energy on how you can potentially bring about that change. But when there is a possibility that you can come up with a uh, solution on your own to solve that situation, that very often is the best solution, and what you will find is that uh, emotionally intelligent people uh, are much more adept at finding solutions in scenarios like that. So hopefully this week um, you'll be able to uh, have your own uh, milk carton resolution um, to whatever uh, scenario uh, may have been frustrating you the last several weeks. So talking about a situation that has been frustrating um, since uh, the start of the year, that is the financial markets. Um, and uh, we're starting this morning um, with futures uh, coming back a little bit on the uh, on the equity side. Dow futures uh, off their worst levels in the morning now down slightly 37 points. S&P futures are down 13. NASDAQ futures down about 65 points. Um, this, as uh, we are seeing a continued uptick in interest rates, uh, presently the two-year yield is up another four basis points to 249. Ten-year yield is up another three basis points to 286. The rapid rise in the 10-year yield, which is now up 135 basis points this year, continues to pressure the growth stocks, um, specifically NASDAQ stocks. NASDAQ now down back about 15% uh, year-to-date. The S&P down a little over 8% uh, year-to-date. The Dow is the best performing of the indices. Bank stocks this morning appear to be drawing support uh, from the higher interest rate environment, as well as an earnings beat from Bank of America. Um, earnings uh, down from uh, from last quarter, but uh, five cents better than expected. The stock's up about one and a half percent. The uh, Spider S and P Bank ETF is up about uh, about one and a half percent as well, ahead of the open. Um, on a related note, this week will be a busy week uh, in earnings, uh, featuring results from seven Dow components as well as Tesla and uh, Netflix. Um, today's economic data will be limited to the uh, National Association of Home Builders housing market index for April, expected to come in around 77. 
Uh, that number will be released at around 10 a.m. Eastern time. Elsewhere, uh, West Texas Intermediate, uh, West Texas Intermediate crude futures remain elevated. Um, they are up about 50 cents a barrel to about $107.50, even as more areas in China, uh, have tightened COVID restrictions. And the dollar index remains above 100, uh, trading at about 100.6, up about three tenths of 1%, uh, this morning. Um, taking a look at, uh, some, uh, stocks in the news this morning. Uh, we have uh, Bank of America, I mentioned, the uh, Bank of New York, uh, Mellon, um, which owns our clearing firm Pershing, had earnings uh, this morning. They were in line, stocks up about 1%. I'm sure you've been hearing uh, about Twitter. Uh, TWTR is up about $2 a share um, after it adopted a limited-duration shareholder rights plan in response to Elon Musk's takeover bid. In addition, Thomas Bravo is mulling a bid for Twitter while uh, Elon is considering partnering with others to bid for the company, according to the New York Post. Uh, Barron's ran an article over the weekend discussing uh, Elon Musk and Twitter and expressing some skepticism on whether or not he's really serious about buying Twitter. Um, they talked about his uh, offer price, which was $54.20 per share. Um, you may remember that when uh, Elon Musk offered to uh, purchase Tesla, um, or at least purportedly uh, suggested that he would take it private. Uh, the price was uh, $420 a share. Um, he kind of joked at the time um, that uh, the 420 um, was uh, in reference to the time that uh, some people uh, smoke marijuana, which is 420 in the afternoon. And some are suggesting that uh, the 5420 price, um, again, that 420 number, um, was no coincidence, um, and perhaps suggesting uh, either that he's having fun or that he's not serious. Time will, of course, uh, give us the answer um, to that. Uh, Natus Medical, symbol NTUS, is up about 27.5% after agreeing to be acquired by Archimed Group for about $1.2 billion or $33.50 in cash. Taking a look at markets, in the uh, Pacific uh, region, uh, they began the week mostly on a lower note, while markets in Hong Kong and New Zealand remained closed for Easter. Uh, China's first quarter GDP came in stronger than expected, up 1.3% for the quarter, a 4.8% year-over-year. Uh, March retail sales, though, were down 3.5%. They were expected to be down 1.6%. People's Bank of China announced uh, that uh, the reserve requirement ratio will be cut by 25 basis points, while some smaller banks will see an additional 25 basis uh, point cut. Uh, the markets in uh, in China, the Shanghai, was down half of 1%. Um, some had been ho- looking for and hoping for a larger reduction in the reserve requirement ratio. Um, also uh, of note in uh, Japan overnight, uh, news that the uh, convenience store chain Lawson um, will be raising the price of chicken nuggets for the first time in 36 years, as uh, even uh, Japan is starting to uh, see uh, higher inflation, um, and the uh, Nikkei was down 1.1%. Markets in Europe, uh, pretty much across the board, closed for Easter Monday. Pfizer in the news, um, some anecdotal evidence from some researchers who personally took the uh, Pfizer Paxlovid uh, oral treatment uh, for COVID, reporting that uh, the drug was uh, successful 
um, in uh, mitigating their symptoms and uh, for some who had long COVID in uh, mitigating the symptoms of long COVID, so some anecdotal evidence that uh, that antiviral um, is uh, is helpful um, for uh, people with COVID, uh, offering some uh, optimism um, that future rounds of COVID perhaps uh, will be uh, less deadly and more treatable. Um, reports that uh, Apple will be facing uh, supply uh, constraints uh, this uh, as a result of uh, lockdowns in uh, China. Um, also reports that uh, some of the uh, facilities that uh, also manufacture Apple products also offer manufacture computers for Dell and Lenovo, and they are likely to face delays as well. Uh, Boeing in the news, China Eastern Airlines has started putting its Boeing 737-800 jetliners back in use for commercial flights less than a month since a crash killed 132 people and led the company to ground 223 of the aircraft. In general news, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky says Ukraine will not give up territory to end war and the world should prepare for possibility that Russia could use a tactical nuclear weapon in Ukraine, according to CNN. New York Times saying that Ukraine has rejected Russia's demands to surrender Maripol as Russia fires missiles at Lviv in western Ukraine. Um, China report uh, uh, The Guardian in Britain is reporting that China is tightening their COVID restrictions as cases continue to rise in, uh, in China. And Bloomberg reporting that Goldman Sachs uh, upping their probability of a U.S. recession now to 35% over the next two years. In uh, other news to look forward uh, to this week, um, we have tomorrow some earnings from IBM, Johnson & Johnson, Lockheed Martin, and Truist. Um, on Wednesday, we get more earnings, Abbott Labs, ASML. Uh, we get uh, Kinder Morgan, Lamb Research, NASDAQ, Procter & Gamble, and uh, had mentioned Tesla this week. Um, also on Wednesday, the National Association of Re Realtors reports existing home sales for March. Thursday, the earnings parade uh, continues. Uh, companies like AT&T, American Airlines, uh, Dow Chemical, uh, Freeport MacMoran, uh, Snap, uh, United Airlines, uh, to name a few on Thursday, Conference Board on Thursday releasing economic indicators, leading economic indicators for March, expected to increase three-tenths of one percent uh, month over month. And then Friday, earnings from Verizon, Kimberly Clark, and American Express, and we get the uh, the IHS uh, market releasing its Manufacturing and Services Purchasing Managers Indexes for April, 58.2 expected um, versus 58.3 last month. All right, moving on to Barron's. Um, talk about uh, talk about a few of the uh, different uh, stories. Uh, lots to talk about the uh, bond market and uh, three individual stocks uh, we'll talk about as well. Uh, the trader column in Barron's says uh, selling your stocks in May and going away could be the uh, best strategy this year. We talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, the the uh, well-known strategy of uh, of uh, May to November being the uh, weakest uh, six-month period of the year. And uh, Barron's uh, saying that uh, we're off to a uh, slow start, even though we haven't hit May yet. Uh, last week, the S&P was down 2.1%, NASDAQ down 2.6%, and the Dow, the winner, down just 8 tenths of 1%. The reasons are pretty simple, war, inflation, disease, and the Federal Reserve's newfound determination to put the brakes on rising prices are all ratcheting up uncertainty and hurting investor sentiment. The market discounts three things, 
earnings and rates, of course. Um, but the third is conviction about those inputs. Um, fancy way of saying the market hates uncertainty, and uh, we've got a lot of uh, uncertainty right now, especially with respect to interest rates. Um, can we really know if the 10-year yield stops at 3% or goes to 4%? Uh, no one knows, not investors, and not even the Federal Reserve. Bond yields are up because the central bank uh, has a newfound conviction to slay inflation by raising interest rates. Uh, the Fed makes hawkish statements from time to time, but the markets are starting to feel that now the tone is different than in recent years. Um, it's looking increasingly likely that uh, we will end uh, April or the first four months of the year to the downside. And since 1980, when the market is down through April, April it has fallen from the start of May through September six of 15 times, or about 40%. And the average move from May through September in those years is down 1.5%. This contrasts to years in which the market increases from January through April. Um, in those years, uh, the drop from May through September is 23% of the time, and instead of a drop of 1.5%, the average is a gain of 8%. So if you're looking at history, um, it's uh, looking increasingly likely, um, at least based on the past, which, of course, is not always prologue to the future. Um, but uh, the probability is that uh, is that uh, if you do um, pair back uh, between uh, May and, uh, and uh, September, um, you may not be missing out on much. Of course, uh, investors uh, don't just go to cash and take an extended vacation. That's not practical for many reasons, including tax purposes. Um, but what uh, what some institutional investors are doing is they are pairing their more aggressive positions and shifting into more defensive positions, um, things like uh, healthcare and utility stocks and out of uh, more aggressive uh, technology stocks. One of the challenges right now is interpreting the data. Um, and Barron's uh, wrote an article that said, is the U.S. booming or busting? Um, it depends on the data you examine, and this is leading to uh, a lot of the uh, difficulty and frustration in evaluating uh, where we're headed um, because uh, we are seeing such uh, conflicting uh, information on the economy. F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, wrote the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. So just last week, uh, we uh, heard from Delta Airlines, uh, which reported a loss um, owing to weakness at the beginning of the first quarter due to the Omicron outbreak. Um, but at the same time, the airline president said uh, that uh, the future looks especially bright. They expect uh, they expect uh, record numbers of uh, travelers uh, in the uh, second quarter. And the president of the airline said that there has not been any pushback to higher fares resulting from soaring fuel costs. Meanwhile, some real-time indicators such as trucking activity point to a sharp slowdown in sales and a backup in inventories for big-ticket items such as furniture and electronics. Um, this is uh, taking place here as uh, reports that uh, some trucking activity has plunged by as much as 50% in the past 10 weeks. Um, and uh, this uh, is especially acute with respect to uh, things that have to do with the home, uh, like furniture um, and uh, products used to uh, fix up the home as uh, interest rates uh, for new homes have ticked up to uh, about 5%. Um, also uh, getting reports 
that uh, we are seeing a pickup in consumer credit, which you can view as positive or negative. Um, so we're seeing consumer credit pick up about 11% month over month to a record amount of uh, credit card debt. At the same time, um, when you're looking at the lower end consumer, they are seeing um, their best gains in earnings power in uh, many years. Um, that group, uh, which uh, is seeing minimum wages uh, in the country rise to north of $15, some uh, some retailers like Target and Starbucks uh, increasing their average hourly pay to uh, $20 uh, per hour. And this has resulted in uh, some of those lower-income consumers, which are ticking up their credit, uh, at the same time having uh, the most average amounts in their checking and savings accounts um, in many years. Um, so, again, uh, different uh, different peak uh, of uh, at the data, yielding uh, some different, uh, potentially different scenarios or different uh, outlooks. Um, one uh, one set of numbers to uh, take a look at is uh, taking a look at the economically sensitive parts of the economy. So if you're looking at the S&P, if you look at home builders, home furnishing companies, retailers, auto parts, stocks, and transports, and you divide that uh, economically sensitive group by the sum of the S&P consumer staples like uh, staples, utilities, and healthcare, um, what you'll see is that the uh, for the first group I mentioned, the economically sensitive group versus the um, defensive group uh, has uh, significantly outperformed. Um, matter of fact, they've outperformed by about 24% from a year ago. And when that ratio of cyclicals to defensive stocks uh, has dropped by north of 20% like uh, it has over the past year, um, we have seen rollovers in the economy the last three times that that has happened, 1998. 2008 and uh, 2020, um, so uh, potentially a warning sign uh, that uh, that we might be headed for a slowdown um, or a recession as Goldman Sachs pegged the odds at 35% this morning. And then finally, we had St. Louis Fed President James Bullard say in an interview uh, with the Financial Times this past week that it is, quote, fantasy to think that inflation will back off without interest rates high enough to constrain the economy. Before I mention one uh, article on uh, bonds, um, I'll talk about three stocks mentioned in Barron's. Um, first one is ST Microelectronics. The symbol is uh, STM listed in France. This is a company that designs, develops, and makes semiconductors. Stock has tumbled 20% this year, but remains up 6% over the past 12 months. Um, they get about 35% of their sales from uh, the automotive and industrial business, making chips for those two businesses, so somewhat of a diversified customer base. Uh, the stock can provide an element of certainty in terms of 2022 revenue guidance because its order book for the year is full. Um, while peers uh, slowed down their capital expenditures recently, STM has continued to spend and will double their investment in chip-making facilities in 2022 from $3.5 billion up from $1.5 billion. A Deutsche Bank analyst recently said he thinks the stock could jump about 45%. Um, and a Society General analyst uh, recently argued that STM valuation is at an unusually high discount to its peers and to historical earnings based on 12-month forward earnings. Uh, the stock is trading about 12.2 times this year's uh, expected earnings. That's STM. The second stock I'll mention is uh, FedEx, symbol FDX. 
Uh, FedEx's founder, Fred Smith, is going to step aside on June 1st. Uh, he has uh, run the company since its founding 51 years ago. Um, he's handing the company off to his uh, chief operating officer, who has worked with him for uh, many years. Uh, FedEx's stock, Barron says, amounts to an inexpensive bet on higher margins, better earnings, and greater free cash flow. At around $205 a share, the stock has little changed since 2017, badly trailing the S&P 500. Barron said the stock looks appealing, valued at 10 times the uh, projected 2022 earnings of $20.45, um, or nine times next year's earnings, uh, which are expected to come in at $22.61. Um, its competitor, UPS, fetches uh, 15 times 2022 earnings, and FedEx right now is trading in an unusually wide premium. Um, or, uh, or UPS is trading an unusually wide premium to FedEx. Um, and, uh, this, uh, premium, Barron says, is likely to close. Um, it's rare to find a company like FedEx, they point out, uh, trading at such a low multiple, about 10 times earnings when they are in a duopoly business. Um, JP Morgan says the valuation is compelling. They have a $282 price target on the stock. Uh, the opportunity, they say, in FedEx can be summarized like this. FedEx and UPS have similar annual sales, but FedEx is just a third of its chief rival's market value. FedEx is expected to have $93 billion in sales, while UPS is expected to have $102 billion. Uh, some of that valuation gap attributed to UPS's better margins, um, but Barron's suggesting that FedEx uh, will start to see improving margins. Last stock I will mention, it's actually a pair because it was uh, originally one company, and uh, this is uh, AT&T, symbol T, um, and uh, the spinoff of Warner Brothers Discovery, symbol WBD, Whiskey Boy Delta. AT&T officially closed the book on a tumultuous phase of 150-year history um, with its foray into the media business finally over. On April 8th, the company officially spun off Warner Brothers and completed the media group's subsequent merger with uh, Discovery. Investors now have a pair of inexpensive stocks to consider, so says Barron's. Uh, the leaner AT&T focused on competing in U.S. wireless and home broadband markets and the streaming-centered entertainment company Warner Brothers Discovery. The two stocks will appeal to different investor bases, and both, Barron says, could be reinvigorated by their independence. AT&T will be a telecom pure play once again. Um, operating results over the past year have already shown progress on that front. AT&T led the U.S. wireless industry in subscriber growth in 2021 and, and has entered new fiber markets. The best case for the new AT&T is a stable recurring revenue business with a cleaner balance sheet, a less onerous but still generous dividend, and the ability to keep up with competitors' capital expenditures at a lowered uh, $1.11 per share annual dividend. AT&T's dividend yield still comes to 5.7%, making it one of the 10 highest yielding stocks in the S&P 500. Um, they also say there's value on the media side as well, but that uh, side is not for the same risk-averse income investing crowd. Uh, WBD uh, debuts as a highly indebted cable TV company in the midst of an ambitious pivot to streaming with a stock cheap enough to attract interest from long-term investors. Um, the merger unites HBO Max and Discovery, uh, HBO Max with 74 million subscribers, Discovery with 22 million subscribers. Uh, Deutsche Bank called WBD its top pick in media in a report last week, a $48 price target, um, which is uh, ambitious considering it's 90% above the current levels. 
Um, WBD is calling for uh, 200 million subscribers in the next few years. Um, they are calling for $3 billion in annual cost savings as a result of the merger. And they are also calling for reducing their highly levered balance sheet from four and a half times net debt to EBITDA to three times net debt to EBITDA. So if they can achieve all of these targets, um, then perhaps the valuation will adjust. The stock today is trading at less than seven times enterprise value to 2023 uh, EBITDA, uh, which is below the uh, cheapest uh, stock in the sector, which is uh, Paramount Global, the former Vi- CBS Viacom, which is trading at 16 times. Uh, so 11 at WBD, 16 at Paramount, and 19 for Disney and Netflix. Um, Barron's uh, ran an article uh, over the weekend. Uh, Munis are down so much that they're buys again. A funny thing happened in the past week as news emerged of inflation hitting a four-decade high. Uh, strategists are starting to look uh, a bit more positively on bonds. Um, we see the uh, 10-year Treasury yield up uh, almost 10 basis points last week, a few more basis points this morning. Uh, two-week increase on the 10-year is 43 basis points. Year-to-date increase is 131 basis points, so 1.3%. And Barron's saying the sharp run-up in bond yields has changed the calculus between equities and fixed income. With such tactical shifts uh, taking place, um, institutional portfolios are looking to dampen near-term risks. And with the uh, absolute uh, yields on government bonds rem- remaining relatively un- unenticing, um, with the 10-year Treasury yield uh, now uh, approaching uh, what's expected to be inflation over the next uh, several decades here, um, which is the 3% level, um, which is what uh, the uh, Treasury market's telling us what they think inflation will run. Yet here we are, and we're starting to see uh, municipals, triple uh, B and A-rated municipals, uh, starting to show us uh, yields um, approaching the 4% level, um, and that's uh, pre-tax and post-tax yields. Um, so Barron's suggesting uh, this is a sector of the market that uh, certainly uh, is something that we should be taking a look at. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Brad to uh, give us some more insights and thoughts uh, on the markets and especially the bond market. Uh, good morning, Brad. morning, Keith. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone had a nice weekend, nice holiday. Um, so to start off, I, I started, for those of you who are regular listeners, first of all, thank you for tuning in. On Monday mornings, it's tough to get up, especially the last few weeks where every day you're walking into a market meltdown. Uh, I started to get constructive on municipals a few weeks ago, uh, subject to a major Treasury market correction. Well, the last few weeks, Fed comments have created a major Treasury market correction. Ten-year bonds are off um, 10, 10%. Uh, at least. And um, so the story is that the 10 years are down uh, 10 to 12% in the last month. And it's uh, very rare that you see uh, markets move in a straight line down without periods or even moments of consolidation. Uh, that's been the, the story for the bond market these past few weeks. At a certain point, maybe even this week, historically, the market needs to consolidate, no matter what market you talk about. But with the extremely hawkish Fed, sentiment is just so negative that maybe history is thrown out the window. Uh, municipals have also been in a straight line down all year. Uh, I thought that uh, the sell-off was overdone, as I'd said earlier. Uh, needless to say, we did have that major move in treasuries. This week, Barron's, BlackRock, and others are starting to note the dislocation municipals and potentially oversold opportunities. And it's comforting to me as a trader and investor 
when institutions like those notice value. As I've been saying, if uh, you want to buy for an aggressive trade, uh, the way Barron's described it, uh, you're a total return investor. Look at the 2% bonds trading in the 70s and 80s uh, dollar price range. Uh, you can buy 3% bonds in the 80s and 90s dollar percent range. Uh, notice I'm not even mentioning yields. Uh, obviously, you have, to dis- you have to talk about yields, but as a trader, when markets get this thrown out and the yields are so off, uh, of treasuries uh, that I like to just relate to this in dollar price because it really discuss it really shows how severe the market is sold off. If you are more conservative and you want to protect against higher rates, uh, stay with the four and five percent bonds. Uh, that gives you a better coupon buffer in a down market. I think with any stabilization in treasuries, crossover buyers will come in and gobble up municipals. Uh, we also might see we also may see rebalances into bonds. And with taxes out of the way, new money may come back to support the market as well. As I say every week, make sure you are comfortable and diversified. If part of your diversification is bonds in a taxable account, I certainly encourage municipals at this point. And uh, I'll turn it back to Keith. Thanks. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lantern. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com. Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations.